1: Hello everybody, it's so good to have you here today. Today, this show may be the most important show we do all year long. It is called The Courage to Change and um, it's called The Courage to Actually Find the Gift of Addiction. I always think about the courage to change, because we all got to change, right? We all got to change to be able to grow, develop, and become all we are meant to be. I was driving the studio this morning, and I happened to turn on the radio, and on there was a song called Woodstock, and it was written by Joni Mitchell, <laughs> right? And uh, it, it, what, what it said is, um, in the lyrics, it just caught me. It said, we are stardust, we are golden, we've got to get ourselves back to the garden, Boy, isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I thought about when I was getting ready for this show, I thought about some of my friends. I I thought about Jimmy. I thought about Jim. I thought about Janice. I thought about Michael. I thought about Tom. I thought about Prince. And uh, Jim, Jim is Jim Morrison and Janice Joplin and Jimi Hendrix and Michael Jackson and Tom Petty. And Prince, you know what what happened to my friends? What happened to my these amazing musicians? Well, they all had one thing in common, and they had addictions going on in their life, and uh, specifically uh, drug and alcohol addiction. And it took them out of this world. It took them out, you know. And and I, I I don't know about you, but I miss those folks, and I miss I miss a lot of friends that I've had over the years that that haven't been able to overcome their addiction. So, this show is really dedicated to all of them, because this show is really about finding the gift in addiction, and we're going to be talking a lot about that. You know, addiction is probably the most under-acknowledged occurrence in our society today. Uh, We have a widespread prevalence of medication, prescription medication, advertisements for drugs and alcohol. And, you know, it leads a lot of people to think that everything is okay. You know, there is no such thing as really addiction. You know, they may overuse it a little bit here and there. But the truth is America's addiction problem has been largely swept under the rug. And drug use is on the rise in this country. We currently have – I've seen statistics anywhere from 20 million to 24 million – but that's like 1 in 10 people in this country over the age of 12 has some kind of an addiction going on. That's roughly equal to the size of Texas. Think about this. So, you know, I'm Ken D. Foster. I am your host. And, uh, again, the show is called The Gift of Addiction, and I've been waiting to do this show for a while. So you may be surprised to know that according to the National Institute of Drug Abuse Of drug abuse, alcohol, and substance abuse, it costs the United States $740 billion billion annually related to crime, lost work, productivity, and healthcare issues due to addiction. Is that crazy? I I found that, I found it appalling myself. And we're finding that um, uh, almost half the substance abusers are also victims of mental disorders. And some of this, of course, has been disorders that have been developed as a result of the uh, excessive uh, drug or alcohol use. But, you know, most of these people, I, I believe in my heart of hearts, most people don't want to live that life. Um, you know, they may pretend like it's okay, that everything's going along fine, or, you know, maybe they've got themselves to a point where they're, they're homeless, they're out on the street, they they've lost everything. Okay. Um, they, you know, most people don't want to be homeless. Okay. Um, so I think if any, anybody's telling you something different, that that's just the way they are, that's just the way they, they, they're supposed to be. Um, it's, it's a, it's a bunch of crap. Um, you know. I believe that there is a high cost of treatment in this uh, country, and it, uh, it puts barriers to a lot of people getting the help they need. But um, I believe we can overcome those things. So let me ask you this. So what is really going on here with, um, with addiction? You know, what, what is happening? Is it, is it good versus evil? Is it uh, lack of morals, lack of willpower, uh, ignorance of how addiction works, or is it something else? I've been asking myself that, you know, and many people don't understand why or how people become addicted to drugs or alcohol. And in reality, addiction is a complex disease. And quitting takes more than good intentions or goodwill, because alcohol, drugs change the way the brain works. It uh, changes really who we are. And I... I can't emphasize this enough. So, you know, when somebody's got addiction going on, whether it's mild or chronic, I believe it's like um, someone going to the hospital with either a mild or chronic disease, right? Either way, we're going to have a lot of compassion for that person because they're sick. They need help. They need us to, to reach out to them. So um, I want you to think about right now, who's in your life that you know has an addiction going on? Think about it. You know, maybe it's somebody close to you. Maybe it's somebody very intimate with you. Um, think about it, because this show is all about helping you and helping that person to be able to change this around permanently. I've got some guests on my show today that are really going to be able to give you solutions into actually why this, why what the cause is, the root cause of of uh, addiction. And also some solutions on how we can help uh, those that are that are addicted to get the help that they need today. Listen, we're coming in the holiday season, right? Holidays, you know, it seems to exacerbate addiction, right? Gosh, you know, if you got alcohol addiction going on, you're like, oh, I'm just going to have one drink, and then the drink takes a drink, and then it takes another drink and another drink, right? All of a sudden, you find yourself behind the wheel, blacked out and in jail. This happens time and time again. That's the, the best scenario. You're in jail. Worst scenario is you hurt somebody, you hurt yourself, you kill somebody, right? Same thing with the drug addiction going on. So we're coming into a time that uh, we really need to be aware of that. Um, a fellow the other day um, was in front of me, and uh, all of a sudden I noticed this. Uh, actually, he's behind me. He came up very quickly and, and barely uh, missed my car, and I thought, what the heck is that? And so I thought, I better follow this guy for a while. And you know, this guy was was swerving in and out and, um, and um, drinking, and... I saw him take a drink, right? So I went to call 911 because that's what we do when we see somebody like that. And uh, he turned off the exit. So I was like, oh, this one's got away because, you know, by the time the cops would be there. But, you know, they're out there, and we need to uh, watch that, okay? We need to report them if they're, if they're there. All right, listen. So here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that uh, drug addiction is a chronic disease. It's characterized by drug-seeking and use that's compulsive. It's difficult to control despite harmful consequences. I want you to know that the brain changes uh, over time with the use of drugs, uh, the use of uh, alcohol, um, I want to let you to let you know this too. Um, relapse is very common with this disease because again it changes the brain. It changes who these people, who who we are as individuals. And um, most drugs affect the brain's reward circuit, right? So they you know they're getting reward, reward. They feel stress. They drink or drug. They feel a reward, right? But it, I want to say this: it shuts off the uh, uh, parts of the brain that produces our endorphins, right? So when they withdraw, what happens is they they now crave these endorphins, right? Well, the brain's not using it, so therefore it's, it's causing them to relapse. So I want you to know a few of those things. All right. This is not going to be a heavy show. <laughs> it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be a light show, and uh, we're going to be uh, really uh, talking about some ways that you can do. You can be proactive, and you can take your um, – your life and the lives of your friends and those you love to a completely new level when they let go of their addiction so we're going to be coming right back when I come back I have my guest coming up Sherry Burdett who's written this book it's called The Gift of Addiction for all alcoholics and addicts and those who love them we're going to be talking about this wait till you hear this story we'll be right back
0: with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Are you feeling stuck
2: or in a holding pattern with your business or life, and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power, and forge into the unknown, where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken D. Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time.
0: With voices of courage, and now your host Ken D. Foster. Whatever it
1: takes, I love it well, I'd like to welcome you back to Voices of Courage today. Our show is called "The Courage to Find the Gift of Addiction," and I want to say this: I have a very special sponsor. Her name is Judy Foster, and she owns a business called Women's Wisdom. It's San Diego's premier networking and relationship-building group for purpose-driven and soul-inspired female entrepreneurs. They meet once a, uh, once a month in the Rancho Santa Fe area of San Diego. You can also find them on the, on the web at womenswisdom.net. That's womenswisdom.net. I have to say this. This group has uh, been going on for 27 years it's one of the most powerful women's group in San Diego. Women leaders of all uh, in all areas of leadership come and work in this uh, business with her. She is amazing. The group is amazing. I hope you'll check it out. They have a meeting coming up on Friday, February uh, Friday, December fourteenth. And again, you can register at womenswisdom.net. Also, I want to thank. All of you who have been tuning in to Voices of Courage, if you're new to the show, we're a new type of radio called Experiential Radio, where we inspire our audience to engage with us in growing their lives and growing their business and transforming themselves. And you can find us on the web at VoicesOfCourage.us or just ask Siri, Cortana, or Alexa to play Voices of Courage podcast. And be sure to become a subscriber to get our weekly reports and strategies and gifts. All right. This is it. I have an amazing guest in studio, and uh, that guest is Sherry Burdett. Sherry is the clinical director for the Hemet Valley Recovery Center and SAGE Retreat since 2008. Sherry Burdett is an RN and HNBC, is a registered nurse whose career spans over 40 years of clinical practice in chemical dependency, behavioral health and hospital administration. After receiving her nurses training in Jamestown, New York, she concentrated her practice specifically in addiction medicine and behavioral health. In 2000, Sherry received a board certification in holistic nursing through the American Holistic Nurses Association. Actually, I can go on and on with her credentials. <laughs> She's an amazing. Sherry, uh, welcome to the show. Thank
3: you, Ken, very much. I'm yeah. so glad to be here.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you because you uh, you wrote this book that uh, is, is really powerful. I want to get to that in a second, but I want to ask you a little bit, um, how'd you get um, into the addiction area?
3: Well, I got into the addiction area because my father was an alcoholic. Okay. And growing up, he was actually my very best friend. And then slowly his, his personality changed and we kind of went in different directions. Yeah. And ultimately, my father died of alcoholism. And his death threw me into a state of, of brokenness and despair. And um, actually, I ran away from where I was living to the uh, mountains of northern British Columbia. Hmm. And ended up living in the woods for five years. Um, wow! Basically, so you really wanted to get away. Basically, duking it out with God, me, and God, and the yeah. bears out in the woods well, for glad, five years. I'm <laughs> glad
1: you won, not the bears <laughs> yes. or. Uh,
3: it's true. Yeah, or yes. God won, yes, one yes, of the two. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. And um, the uh, where are you working right now? The uh, uh, as the uh, clinical director for the Hemet Valley Recovery Center. Um, you've been there since 2008, what goes on there? What happens?
3: <clears throat> well, actually we have a, uh, a large continuum of care that begins with detoxification, medical detoxification. Uh, we, we serve adults, um, ages 18 to 95, even a hundred, if we find one and, um, so even a hundred. I, uh, I love that. Uh, actually, they, anybody can get recovery anytime. Abs- right? and, and they do. Yeah. So the medical detoxification is under the supervision of a board-certified addictionist, our medical director. And um, we have um, nurses 24 hours a day, RNs, LVNs, CNAs who take care of of those patients in in the detox level of care. Uh, after the detox level of care, we encourage them to continue their therapeutic process by entering our residential program. Okay,
1: great. So listen, I, I you know, I read this book here, and I didn't read all of it, but I've gotten uh, I've gotten a gist of it. This is one of the most powerful books on addiction I've ever read, and it's called The Gift of Addiction. Um, I'm going to just be direct. I want to know, how, why do people get addicted?
3: Okay. Well, I will say that... Um, I've been in this field now for forty years, yep. and I will also say that my greatest teachers are the patients. Um, I've read many books, but it's always in the group room because I, I am also clinically involved in in their care. Yeah, in 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 the group setting, and they they teach me many things. And so, how do they become addicts and alcoholics? Generally, on admission, we can always track a genetic thread somewhere in their in their um, genealogy oh, really? absolutely oh. Oh, wow. m- mother father and uncle cousin somewhere yeah. we can find it and so who knows where that gene's gonna land but it's it's obviously landed in them yeah. and ultimately they started using probably in their teens or or even earlier but ultimately their use took on a different flavor than those of their friends
1: well, when people come into the center and they're, they're in a place, uh, they're, they're obviously not on a high when they get to you. <laughs> um, you know, in your book, it says, uh, in The Gift of Addiction, it says, uh, addiction says, I will make you lie, cheat, steal, I will take your self-respect, I will take your confidence, I will take your family, I'll take your children, your livelihood, your body, sleep, mind, memory, joy, courage, creativity, I'll take your heart. I'll take your love and I'll make you stupid, hateful, bitter, revengeful, blaming, dishonest, sarcastic, righteous, self pitiful, shameful, on and on it goes, right? So this is kind of where people reach yes, their yes, depth, yes, right? Yes. How do you help them get out of this place? This well, is a dark place.
3: Okay. There's, there's a whole process that addiction takes. And I will say that it is an intelligent um, entity called addiction and it it visits us initially as a wonderful friend I'm going to make you oh, yeah. feel very, very confident. I'm going to be able to help you find a girlfriend or a boyfriend, a new job. You're going to be, you know, able to go to parties and feel feel that so, you can. So, so when interact. we take an alcohol or absolutely. drug, it's making us feel exactly. confident. It's giving ab- false ab- false confidence, right? Yes, right. And so we like that feeling. Yes. And so those of us that have have this addictive gene think, well, you know what? If one's good, two's better and so maybe i'm going to you know have two and maybe i'll try one of these two and so as it goes the addictive substance continues to work on our brain and on our body mind spirit giving us the confidence that we're really okay yeah i have to add that many alcoholics and addicts and probably the majority of us came from addicted families mm-hmm. in my case i didn't get the gene but my father had it my uncle um, and, and numerous family members in my life. Hmm. So I remember going to the bus stop, and I can remember my parents having a terrible fight the night before, and I don't remember saying to my little friends at the bus stop, gee, wow, you should have seen what happened in my, my family last night. Right. I had to say, oh, hi, yeah, isn't it a nice day or whatever, but I, the secrets became evident in my life when I was probably eight years so old.
1: even though you weren't a, had an addiction problem you you got the secrets I of the, got of the, the secret. family absolutely right and so in your book uh, the gift of addiction you talk about how uh, individuals that come from addictive families learn how to read energy really Ooh, well Yes. and it's a survival skills is what you say
3: absolutely
1: tell me what that means okay
3: what that means is that I think in Inherently, addicts and alcoholics have a sense of, of of energy above and beyond normal people. I say normal other people. Yeah. But um, we we have to have we have to be tuned in all the time to our environments because our environments are unsafe. And as as uh, children of alcoholics or alcoholics and addicts, blooming alcoholics and addicts we are always aware of our environment because we have to be in a safe place and we are, we haven't grown up in a safe place. So that's just something that comes along with us. We can read energy. I can read you. I kind of know how you're feeling without even asking. Right. And so energy becomes a, a a major component in the continuation of the addiction or the, the healing.
1: Okay. So, um, when we come back from the break, uh, You say that addiction is a gift, and I would say a lot of people don't think addiction is any kind of a gift. So I want to go ahead and address that when we get back. So we'll be right back.
0: With more voices of courage with Ken D Foster.
4: Would you like to help someone in need to move from poverty to prosperity? Stars of Courage, a five hundred one c three nonprofit, is looking for established life coaches with experience in education and career mentorship to build confidence and create clear paths to success. Join our team of experienced coaches in a wide variety of fields, equipped with warm hearts with a passion for lifting up those in need. Our Stars of Courage. Find out how you can make a difference at Stars of Courage. That's starsofourage.org.
0: We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting VoicesofCourage.us. And now your host, Ken D.
1: Foster. Whatever time. Welcome back. You know, as a business owner, your online presence is more important than ever. People will look you up online before they pick up the phone. That's why your look and your feel of your website and who you are is so important. I came across an amazing photographer here in San Diego. Her name is Ann Landstrom, and her company is annphotography.com. That's annphotography.com. I recommend you give her a call. She promises to give you images that will bring out the best in you and your business. Again, it's annephotography.com at 760-610-6263, 760-610-6263. Today, we're talking about the courage to find the gift of addiction. And my guest right now is Sherry Burdett. She's an RN. She's written an amazing book called The Gift of Addiction. So I want to jump into it, Sherry. What the heck is a gift of addiction? What does that mean?
3: What does that mean? Um, It it doesn't become evident to you um, at the beginning of the path. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of look
1: at the, the, path. the beginning of the path. Absolutely. That, that's the, when you walk the, into a recovery or a treatment well, or you say, uh the what, beginning what is of that?
3: the path really means when I start using. Oh. And so okay. after after a while my using becomes um necessary. Um I I my cravings for the, the substance become greater. Mm-hmm. I I start using more than one substance and i start having the consequ- i start experiencing the consequences of my addiction by many losses jobs family marriages children all kinds of things are starting to happen and now i start accumulating a lot of baggage
1: let's talk about baggage okay
3: baggage is things that, that have been done to me by others things that i've done to others Things that I don't want to remember and secrets.
1: So these are like resentments and harms and fears and just Absolutely. stuff that we start all, to carry in our life. All
3: connected to holding this secret and acting upon it. Yes. So, you know, anger, shame, blame, worry, judgment, guilt, resentment, unforgiveness, lack of gratitude—all of those are dark energies. Mm. Okay. Mm. On the other side, we have love and joy and gratitude and and compassion and and patience and all of those great light energies that are nurturing. One is depleting, one is nurturing. And from a holistic standpoint, this energy we understand, you know, courses through our body depending on our choice of, of, of application. So if I want to be angry today, I say, okay, I'm angry and I have a right to be angry. Well, you do, but it's going to have consequences physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Right. And so for the addict. Uh, an alcoholic who are carrying these secrets and have all of this baggage, um, they they aren't, you know, they're not aware that they can change their their constitution by the changing of their thoughts. Wow! And changing of their thoughts changes the energy. Right. And that's a nurturing process,
1: right? So yeah. the energy, so change your thoughts, change your energy, change your 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 whole life, really, and start to heal, and start to heal.
3: But it's a long process.
1: Yes, okay. and so
3: if if we encourage them to do that in the beginning, they say yes, but yeah. yes, but but you don't know about my life. You right. can't imagine what I'm up up against right now. I may go to jail or I might lose my children. And yeah. so I have every right to be angry or worried or anxious, right. but they don't understand until they understand.
1: Until they understand right. that all that worry and anger and judgment Absolutely. and criticism and, and right. a baggage right. is keeping them really stuck right. where they are, which is maybe one of the reasons they started using in the first place. Yes.
3: So as they continue to walk down the path in their dark energies with the consequences of those dark energies, there is a point in time if they don't die on the path, which many people do, that that white flag goes up and, and that person says, I...
1: I surrender. You know, there are so many walking dead, I call them, but there are individuals that are like walking in no man's land. They, they don't feel like they're a drug addict. They don't feel like they're an alcoholic. They're going to work every day. They're high functioning. They don't feel like they have anything going on. How do you reach those people?
3: They're not. They're not there yet. <clears throat> Some things, you know, we have to understand that there is a God of our understanding managing this whole situation, yeah. right? Right and that we have addiction by virtue of our agreement to it. Okay. So, um, when they're ready, uh, you know, they meet me, they meet their darkest moment mm. and their darkest moment, um, may be something that almost kills them right. and maybe they have many darkest moments, but at some point in time that soul has had enough.
1: Right. Right. And, and like so the, when, when that soul has had enough, that you know, I, I hear you know, there's a lot of 12-step programs yes. out. To Do the 12 steps really work?
3: Oh, absolutely. Okay. You bet. My life's unmanageable. There must be a power greater than myself that can bring me to sanity. I turn my life and my will over to the God of my understanding. Either that or I'm going to die. I've been in treatment 17 times. I've, you know, I've lost every job. I've lost every hope. Maybe, maybe you really are real.
1: So let me ask you this. Okay. Has anybody ever recovered without finding their spiritual self?
3: Not that I know
1: of. Not that you know of. Okay. Not at all. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask uh, our next guest that <laughs> yes, same question. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. So, you know, if they don't believe, if they listen, if they don't believe in God or higher power or, or, or that, how, how do they ever get help?
3: Well, when everything else fails them,
1: mm.
3: everything else fails them and, So let's just say that they, they do say, you know, if you're you're there,
1: okay. When you say everything else fails them, they lose their family or their job or their house or their car, their friends or their money, whatever it is. Okay.
3: And so if you're there and that's how it was for me out in the woods, Mm -hmm. you know, I said, if you're there, you're the one that made me, I don't know you and I'm going to, I'm going to bother you until you answer me. Wow. So. Anyway, each, each, each person's path is so uniquely different and their, their introduction to that power greater than themselves is uniquely different, but they all have a story. yeah. And so once, once that, that energy, you know, connects with their heart, something changes in them and they probably, most of them are amazed that. Wow. There is, there really is a God of my understanding, and when when that happens, from the darkest moment to that one little piece of light, that person may not choose to go back to use again, or yeah. maybe they do. Yeah. But ultimately, the gift, and if you want to talk about that, <clears throat> yeah. is that what is the gift. Is that I no longer, I I cannot find any reason to engage in dark energies anymore. So where I used to go right to anger, now I know that's way too dangerous for right. me. So instead of going to anger, I go to I go to surrender. I go to I, surrender. I, that, I go,
1: that's a big part of this book, The Gift of Addiction, absolutely. you go to surrender. And so... So a no people don't want a surrender. I mean, that kind of connotates that you're going to lose something, right? You're, you got the white flag, you're right, going to lose. Right. What do you lose?
3: But you've already made this contact. Yeah. So you know even even a little bit, maybe not even consciously, that, that there's some help out there. And so instead, and, and this is what I teach the patients, you are the choice maker. You can be angry or you can, can choose to, to go to faith. Wow. You can be resentful or you can go to understanding. You wow. can be um, guilty or you can go to gratitude, which, which is nurturing, which is depleting. And it's your choice. Once we continue on the path of of light energy, that's when the gifts start showing up in our life that we don't even know where they came from. And people say, oh, that must be a God shot. It is.
1: It. It, is. it is. it is. It is. Sherry, um, I'm speaking with Sherry Burdett. Uh, she's written the book, The Gift of Addiction. Sherry, how do people get a hold of you and how do they find this book? Oh, and, hey. and by the way, I want to recommend this book. Okay. Um, from the part, I've read about 50 pages of it. I will complete this book because it's one of the most moving, powerful books I've read in years. So I, I want to recommend the book. So Thank The you. Gift of Addiction, how do they get Thank it?
3: Thank you very much. It's available on um BalboaPress.com, that is the publisher.
1: BalboaPress.com, okay.
3: Or Amazon.com. Okay. Or BarnesandNoble.com. Okay. Or through me at um, GiftsOfAddiction.com, that's my website.
1: Gifts of GiftsOfAddiction.com. Yes. That's great. Yes. Okay. Um, what's your message to the world?
3: My message to the world is that everything happens for a reason. And there is a divine uh, movie director in charge of it all. Hmm. And so we, we, are, we are under that direction. And as much as we want information, um, we, we, we have access to it uh, with, the, with the divine help of that movie director and also our own efforts.
1: Sherry Burdett, thank you so much for joining me. Will you stay on to, for my final segment? Absolutely. Will you do that? Okay. Absolutely. So listen, we're going to be right back. We're going to continue our talk on addiction. And upcoming is my next guest, Mary Lou Rogers, uh, who owns a sober living home in San Diego. We're going to go into the depth of what does it mean to live sober. Let's find that out. Okay, we'll be right back. We'll
0: be
4: back with more Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. confidential consultation with Ken. His wisdom, guided methods, and unique strategies will bring you to new heights and breakthrough obstacles. Visit KenD.Foster.com to set up your free confidential consultation. It's time to achieve your dreams because you deserve a successful business and a balanced, happy life. Sound great? Find out how to make this happen. Visit KenDeFoster.com. That's KenD.Foster.com. KenD.Foster.com.
0: We're back with Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. And now your host, Ken D. Foster. Whoa,
1: what a day! What an amazing day. We're talking about. Uh... The Courage to Find the Gift of Addiction, it's the name of our show, and boy, have we found a couple of courageous people to be on this show today. My next guest is Mary Lou Rogers. She's worked professionally in the entertainment industry as a talent agent and casting director after starting a family. uh, Materialism became the measuring stick for her success. Huge estates, yachts, multiple properties and vacations all over the world were the byproducts of her material success. But as an adopted child, Mary Lou struggled with abandonment. She didn't realize that her abandonment issue, along with her, quote, Irish gene, uh, created uh, uh, some alcoholism in her life and it would turn her... Life upside down from her periodic drinking to binge drinking to eventually diagnosis of alcoholism. Fortunately, she found her path to lasting sobriety through a sober living house in 2010. Mary Lou, welcome. Hi, Ken. I'm so glad to have you.
5: It's great to be here. And I really want to say I really enjoyed listening to you and Sherry.
1: Well, I, I, this has been an amazing, you know, when you and I connected and I went down to Ohana House um, to uh, see what you were uh, up to, uh, which I was completely blown away uh, at the exquisite home that you've put together um, with your staff to really support individuals that are serious about getting clean. Yeah. Yeah. How did Ohana House come about?
5: Ohana House became a dream, not the name of course, but the idea of a sober living home for women became a dream right after my own, um, experience in a sober living home. I, um, I couldn't stay sober. I took me four years of trying all sorts of things. Um, I did not want to surrender.
1: Right. And then what happened in
5: 2014? Uh, 2014, or I think it was. 2010 is when I got S- got sober. Got sober, and then in 2014, I um I almost died. I was in a coma. I was in a coma for um, two weeks, um, and I, I was not expected to live, and um, God, well the Pope, came to me in my coma, wow, um, and wow. told me um he wanted me to come back and be of service. And so, um, I knew that sober living was the best way I knew how to give back in the area of recovery to create an environment where women could, could come to the hole in their soul and fill it up in a different way than they had filled it before in their addiction.
1: That's beautiful. And, um, So let's talk about Ohana House a little bit. Um, You know, I came there, and the first thing, you know, we talked in the last segment about um, being able to read energy. Well, I'm very good at it. And I walked in in your Ohana House, and I immediately felt this sense of peace. And, and I, I my mind just kind of went to gratitude. I just felt, I felt at home. That's what sort it, of, how did Thank you create you. that environment?
5: It was the environment that I got to experience when I chose the Sober Living House. Uh, it, my manager at my Sober Living House, her name is Lynn, and she has since passed, not of the disease. Thank you. Um, and Lynn was a great inspiration to me. And so what I knew was I needed to create a transitional environment from the time people go to treatment or, or decide they need to get sober and they go back to the place where their disease was alive and well, which was at their home. What's the place that they can go to that they can learn how to live in the world and not pick up or use and they can feel good about themselves? So for me, a peaceful environment, a loving environment, and a supportive environment were critical.
1: So why would a woman, because I I know your home is for women Women. specifically, why would a woman uh, choose sober living? Why would they do that?
5: Uh, I believe the reason women should consider sober living is because, especially when women go to treatment... For me, it wasn't hard to stay sober in treatment. Yeah. I actually felt protected and safe, safe from me. I'm right. the dangerous person. Right. Because I'm the one I can't trust. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a scary place to be. It's <laughs> in my head. So, um, so what happens is, is you get out of treatment, you go 30, 60, 90 days, you're doing okay. And before you know it, right, you are... Something happens and all of a sudden I had a glass of wine in my hand again, right? So sober living is the place and why I would encourage a woman to consider it is, is that give yourself an opportunity to leave treatment and still be gentle with yourself as you re-enter life on life's terms.
1: That's, that's really good. That's really good. So there's there's a safe place to, to walk into immediately. You yes. don't have to pretend like it's okay. Everything. I'm healed. I'm done. Now I'm just going to go back home, and the same old demons are at home, right? I mean, correct. You know, and they say environment is stronger than your willpower. So yes. if you're in the wrong environment, you're you're you're. It doesn't matter how much will you have. Chances are you're gonna you're gonna collapse. Is correct. That, is that correct?
5: My my husband is um, in recovery himself and has been sober longer than I have. Very strong man. Um, very strong willed, great support system, but I didn't know that I didn't, that part of my using and drinking was because of my relationship with him. And that doesn't mean it was bad. It just meant that I didn't know how to take care of me for me. Right. So I lost me in that relationship. You
1: know, I, that's one of the things I love about your story is you and your husband both got uh, sober together and you stayed together. Yes. I think that's powerful because that, that's, that's a role model for, you know, it's it, it, so many people try to tend to blame the other person and sometimes, you know, they contribute to it. But when you start to really look at yourself right. and you say, this is my challenge, this is my problem, I'm going to take care of myself.
5: Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it, Ken. Yeah.
1: So... um I want to ask you a couple more things. Uh, what's the average stay in this sober living?
5: You know, some women come in and think 30 days, right? 30 days is a good average. Hey. Uh, what they find once they do 30 days, they start to realize I'm not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find the average stay is about 90 days. Mm-hmm. And 90 days also, if you look at the brain, the brain, the retraining of the brain takes about ninety days. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting. The knee the ninety-day timeline, matches up with what our brain is working on as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So that ninety-day gives them a a, a a new start is really what it is. They it, get they get enough strength in themselves to be able to start to go back into the world, right?
5: It it, it actually gives them time to create a new routine, right? Right, a routine that now they're mastering after 90 days.
1: okay, uh, I got one minute. What's okay. the normal day look like at Ohana house?
5: Starts with morning meditation, um, meditation and prayer. We open it up. It's, it's about a half an hour. Each woman checks in and shares um, the rest of the day. They're on their own. They are, they are not court ordered there. This is not jail. They get to go out and go to work. They go to meetings. They meet with sponsors. They go to their therapy session. they, they, they connect with other women in, in recovery. That They go to recovery yoga. We have a great recovery yoga in the area. And so they do things slowly integrating life back into their daily life. At right. the end of the day, we do breathalyze. We may, um, we may do a urine test. Uh, we provide a curfew. We have some rules to keep them safe.
1: Wow. And if they use, what happens?
5: Well, Ohana House does have a zero tolerance policy. Mm-hmm. Um, that means if you use, you're out. You're
1: out. And okay. you're out. Yeah. So you'd refer them to another program or well, something. We that- would
5: refer them to detox. We yeah. would refer them yeah. to, um, to Sherry's Place, maybe in the sense that yeah. they need more than what we're giving them. Right.
1: Okay, I get it. Okay, Ohana House. How do people get a hold of you?
5: Ohana House, uh, our website is Ohana, O H A N A House, soberliving.com. That's our website. Um, they can call me directly at 619 820 1868. They can also find us on Facebook at Ohana House Sober Living.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, listen, when we come back, I'm going to have uh, my panel here. I'm sure I'm going to ask Sherry to come back and uh, Mary Lou, and we're going to go into uh, some more depth about addiction and what it means to really live a life of sobriety. What is that? Is that even possible? Kind of on the planet of addiction, aren't we? Hmm. <laughs> All right, more thoughts to come. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more. Voices of Courage
2: with Ken D. Foster. Are you feeling stuck or in a holding pattern with your business or life and you're not doing the things you want or love? Then at some point, you're going to be faced with a decision. You'll either choose to keep living in your comfort zone and risk a life of mediocrity or increase your courage, step into your power and forge into the unknown where everything new becomes possible. If you're truly ready to live masterfully, then you need Ken Foster's newest book, The Courage to Change Everything, Strategies and Wisdom to Transform Your Life One Day at a Time.
0: back with Voices of Courage and now your host Ken D Foster whatever,
4: whatever it takes
1: Whatever it takes Whatever it takes whatever it takes You know I love the message in that song because uh, that's really what it uh, what's happening in this world We have to do whatever it takes to be able to Connect with ourselves, connect with uh, something greater than ourselves to really uh, take our lives to a completely new level. This show is called The Courage to Find the Gift of Addiction. I have in studio two guests. I have Sherry Burdett, who is an RN and addiction specialist. And I also have Mary Lou Rogers, who is uh, the owner of Ohana House, a sober living facility here in San Diego. And we're discussing what what is this addiction? What is this and how do we get sober? And, you know, in our, earlier in our show, we talked about um, you have to find a higher power or God or, you know, of, of your understanding to be able to get sober. But I really want to address that because there may be somebody out there who goes, listen, I'm, I've been an atheist for years. I'm not going to do this God thing. Mary Lou, how, how, do, how do we get past that?
5: I actually um, know people just like that
1: who are in recovery.
5: Um, what I think is the most important thing that my actual therapist helped me to understand was as long as I'm not my higher power, <laughs> I'm not it. <laughs> so oh. that could be nature. That yeah. could be surfing. That could be art. Yeah. I just am not it.
1: So, you know, and let me flip over to Sherry on that because in your book, um, we uh, there's a part uh, here that... Uh, that basically, I read it and it said, "God is the doer. I'm not," and that's really what we we're saying here. Yes. What does that mean? Because it doesn't, you know. When I think of that, well, let me just pre-frame it. When I think of that, when I was young, I was the chooser and I was the doer. I got a little more mature, and I thought, "Well, I'm the chooser, but God's the doer." But now, as I matured more, as we surrender. God is the chooser and doer. And that's, that's an interesting thought. So I want to hear your thoughts on that.
3: Um, my thoughts are that as, as a person gets into recovery yeah. and they start to connect with that power that's greater than themselves, yeah. um, they, they begin trusting it and they begin relying upon it. yeah. And so rather than staying in their own heads, um, which we have decided is not a good place all right. the time. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we learn to meditate. Right. We learn to get quiet. And if we get quiet enough and we practice enough, we're going to get messages. And those messages are going to make sense to us. Why? Because they're true. Yeah. And and our soul knows it. And so that, that becomes our, it's like having a personal assistant. So, okay.
1: So, uh, okay. So let me just uh, throw this at you, Mary Lou. Can you get sober uh, without truth? Because we're talking without about truth. Without truth. Yeah, without seeking the truth or being truthful to yourself. Can you get sober?
5: I um, gosh, I don't know how to answer that. Other than to say, is that what I find you have to have to get sober is willingness. That's
1: critical. Critical willingness. Willingness. So you may not even know the truth, you but as long as you're willing, truth. you have some will. You willing willingness.
5: To do this. If you have willingness, anything else is possible.
1: Okay. All right. And what do, what do you say to that?
3: I think that's absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the barrier of unwillingness keeps people yeah. uh, using and coming back to treatment time after time after time. You know, we call it a self-will run riot.
1: Right, right. Well, I, I would almost say that the uh, definition of addiction is the loss of will because you're, you're, you, you, you've given the will to the drug or to the... You know, somebody else in your or life. your ego or your ego. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, where do we where does somebody find the will to do this? How do, how do they I mean, we talk about them finding the bottom and, and what have you. But do you have to go all the way down?
5: Everyone's bottom is different. I have found we don't all need the same level, but I believe that it's our pain when the pain of using becomes greater than what we get from it. Right. The gift of willingness is possible. I love that.
1: Okay, so now I want to shift it a little bit on this discussion. I want to talk about something that is not talked on radio a lot about, but I want to talk about it. It's chakras, right? We talked earlier about being able to read energy, right? So if you walk into a room, you feel somebody is angry, you pretty much can feel that pretty quickly, right? Or somebody is crying or sad. You can walk in, you feel it before you even get there. Most people have that ability, um, unless you really shut down, then you don't. But um so what's, sherry, chakras? How does this tie in? Because chakras all about energy? Yeah.
3: Well, most yeah. of us have heard of acupuncture before, right? Many of us have had it before. Right. But right. it's an invisible circulatory system in our body yes. that um, hospitals are now starting to use to make one feel more comfortable um, and decrease pain.. Okay. So, um from my understanding and and my training, the uh, being a board certified holistic nurse. Right. I understand the value and the meaning of each of the seven chakras, each of the seven energy centers in the body, the first one being at the at the base of the spine and that re- represents our foundation.
1: Our foundation. Yes. Okay.
3: And so if our foundation is based on fear, right. our second chakra Right. which is, you know, a little further up in right. the sacral area. sacral area on the spine, yeah. mm-hmm. um, has to do with relationships. Okay. So if I'm in fear in the first, what right. are my relationships going to be like in the second? Probably pretty terrible. Okay. The third is my personal power. That's mm-hmm. at my solar plexus. Right. If, if I'm in fear at the first and my relationships are full of control issues in the second, what is my personal power going to be? Right. So i'm going to be dysfunctional in the third and then what about the heart and then if all these three these three Hmm. um chakras are dysfunctional generally my heart is closed right and or or it can't it can't trust right and so i'm i'm lacking gratitude i'm lacking forgiveness because i'm i'm fearful in the first i'm angry and guilty in the second right and i'm 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 stifled in the third right and my heart's closed in the fourth
1: right Right. That okay. So that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, so, you know, in your book, you talk about that, the gift of addiction, you talk about the different centers, the chakra centers and how that relates to addiction. Yes. Right. So Mary Lou, let me ask something. Did you get a gift in addiction? I did. What was your gift?
5: Freedom from self.
1: Freedom from self.
5: Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, I used to hear people in the rooms, um, say, but aren't
1: we trying to find ourselves?"
5: <laughs> the freedom of the, the ego brain that okay. is always telling you what you're doing wrong and right. you need to do more of this. And if you don't do that, that isn't going to work
1: right. all of that. So freedom from the guilt, the shame, the remorse. Uh, and I'm right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I get and,
5: that. And, and um, so if the gift of addiction came, didn't come in my first few years and now I can actually say, I'm grateful.
1: Wow. I'm in recovery. Sherry, final thoughts.
3: Um, what I what I will say to you is that um, I have a staff member who spent sixteen years in prison, and in all of those years, he had a lot of quiet time contemplating the situation, and now being in his presence, in his recovery of sixteen after sixteen years of prison. Yes, it's like being in the in the presence of a saint.
1: Wow. Okay. So Fun. it's a spiritual path. I got time for final thoughts with you, Mary Lou.
5: Really quick, because ours is a women sober living. If anyone else needs help and you're not a woman, S as in Sam, O-A-R-R dot org. All the sober living houses in San Diego County with
3: prices.
1: That's awesome. Well, we're nationwide. So uh, is there a nationwide line they can call or can they call your firm? Uh,
3: uh, Hemet Valley Recovery Center.
1: Hemet Valley Recovery um, Center.
3: 951 765 4957 is my direct line.
1: Great. All righty. Well, listen, this has been an amazing show. I want to thank everybody for listening to us today. And, um, you know, we're always interested in what you have to say, so please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or send us your questions and comments to viewer at voicesofcourage.us. Also, you can find the recording of this show and all our replays on voicesofcourage.us. Until next time, live courageously and see the unseeable, know the unknowable, and do the impossible.
0: Thanks for joining us for Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster. Learn more about Ken, how to be a guest on the show, and sponsorship opportunities by visiting voicesofcourage.us. Be sure to join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. as Ken brings more stories of courage that will inspire greatness within you and change your life for the better. This has been Voices of Courage with Ken D. Foster.